Yeah, he usually lands here by now. I'm surprised, huh? I do dig the Halloween decorations and everything. It looks pretty nice around here. Let's see. Let me take a look at this menu here. Let's see. What kind of wings am I going to get? I had, uh, I had regular hot wings last week. They were pretty good, even though they burned me up. Uh, I had ranch the other week. Oh, I got to go with my favorite, orange glaze. Hey, Stan, would you kindly get me a bowl of orange glaze wings? Get them yourself. All right, all right, I'll get them for you. Come in. All right, thank you. Oh, thank goodness, man. I'm, I am starving. Hey, bad news, hosehead. What? We don't have any. We don't have any of those wings here today. Wait, wait, wait. No, no wings. Like none. Wait, wait. Okay, so no orange glaze wings. You mean so I could get ranch? No, we don't have any. You gotta be kidding me. Jeez, what do you not understand about none? Well, I understand that you're a hoser, and here I am, I, I'm a paying customer. You wanna know what's wrong with you kids today? It's those darn video games. That's what's wrong with you. Oh, you take Back off. Back in my day, we went out and we climbed trees. Uh, oh, yeah, you probably fell off a few. Well, that's <laughs> beside the point there, young man. Oh, well, Hoser, you go back there and you get some more wings. I'm, I'm a paying customer, and you ought to get those wings because my friend's gonna be here, and he's got quite the appetite. You ever see him eat wings? He eats them, like, topside up. Oh, you're lying. There ain't nobody eats wings like a caveman. Oh, well, uh, you, you don't know. You just go back there and you, you find some wings, eh? Because... Yeah, yeah, you'll get whatever I find. <sighs> Man, I hope you find something. Am I in the dream world? Well, I'm here, aren't I? Oh, no. Oh, no. No! Oh, man, wake up. Oh, jeez. Oh, hoser, I had the most horrible dream. Oh, man. I saw Freddy. Like Freddy from back in the Super Show days? Yeah, the same one. The same one. And he Ugh. wasn't trying to kill us this time. Worse. What? Dude, we we went to stands, and there were no wings. That's a fate worse than death. Welcome to the newest episode of the Retro Junkie Super Show Winging It. As always, I'm your host, Landon, and with me today is the man who puts honky and honky-tonk man, <gasps> the fleshy-headed mutant, Rob Luther. <laughs> honky-tonk man, I can't stand him. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I picked him out. Oh, you, what a hoser, what a hoser. Well, I'll tell you, today Today is a special morning, um, today's a special day, because this is part one of our Halloween Winging It Spooktacular. Ooh, ooh, oogly-boogly. Yes, right. I'm wiggling my fingers right now. Oh, I, I, I was too. Jeez. Nice. Spirit oh, fingers. Yeah. <laughs> so how have you been, Hoser? I've not uh, got to talk to you for a few days. Uh, I've been pretty good. Just been working and 
being a being a slave to the man. How about you? Ah, uh, well, I I was about to say the same thing, but actually this week I've been off, my friend. It's been great. Oh, nice. Yep, yep. I uh, had fall break this week, um, and I kind of forgot that where I used to work, the school I used to work, didn't have fall break. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of a nice surprise that this came up. So. Uh, yeah, just been kind of relaxing, taking care of a lot of projects around the house. Got nice. caught up on some some good reading. I've been uh, almost caught up on the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comics, the IDW series right now, which Ooh. is amazingly good. I am on... I hear that's a good series. Oh, my gosh, Landon. It's it's a combination between the classic cartoon and the Mirage comics, and, and also it adds a lot of new elements as well. Almost like the Nickelodeon show, but a little bit more mm-hmm. serious. Oh, nice. Oh, it's great. So good. Uh, I Okay, let me just give you an um, example. Like yesterday, just one issue. Uh, this is all the stuff that happened. Shredder fights Krang, which is, okay. th- that's wow. epic in itself. And Krang opens a can on Shredder pretty good and, nice. and leaves him for dead. Uh, let's see, what else happens? Oh, Splinter and one of his former arch nemesis, uh, this guy named Old Hob, he's a mutated cat, uh, that, you know, the first, gosh, 12 issues of the series, he's like an enemy, you hate him and everything. Well, they work together to take down, um, who was it? Uh, was it Bebop and Rocksteady? No, 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 they, they were taking down somebody else, I can't remember who, but Bebop and Rocksteady, um, they have a special assignment, uh, and that's to kill Donatello. And they do. Oh. oh my gosh. It was crazy how violent it was, but how well written it was, and how serious. And just, you got all these different incarnations. You got the Bebop and Rocksteady from the cartoon, right? They weren't in the mm-hmm. comics. You've got Krang and Shredder, two of the most famous villains in the series, facing off against each other. And you've got new characters like Old Hob, a villain, fighting alongside Splinter. And you've got death in the series you know it's like oh my goodness a death of one of the major turtles it was like it has hooked me from the first issue and it's only getting better and as a matter of fact issue 50 just came out this week i've not gotten there yet but man i've been getting just caught up in some classic classic comics the uh, it's just been a great week for that so i like the i like the more serious bebop and rocksteady you know i I always thought that they could be a threat if they were like in the i know in the cartoon they're supposed to be silly and like comedic relief or whatever but if you think about it, like Bebop and Rocksteady, if they had gotten serious in the cartoon, I mean, they could have done some damage to oh, people. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> well, you think about it, how, even in the cartoon how much bigger they were than the turtles. Oh, yeah. I mean, if they got a hold of the turtle, they could just tear them apart. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they kind of made them goons. Now, see, in the comic, they're still goons a little bit, but they're mm-hmm. really, really destructive. Like, they're really powerful. They, the turtles fear them. And they, uh, I, think it's, I think it's Rocksteady that's got the sledgehammer. And, mm-hmm. like, they, they throw... Donatello around like a, a rag doll. I mean, Donatello doesn't even see a chance. He, uh, as a matter of fact, he busts his bow across Bebop's face, and Bebop just kind of laughs. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it's just like, really, you thought you could hurt me with that twig? And they're, they're just throwing him around, and when uh, Rocksteady turns around, he's like, let me get one more shot at him. He gets, he, he swings his sledgehammer down. It doesn't show it, but when he brings the sledgehammer back up, it's just covered and dripping with blood. Oh, wow. And uh, Bebop just goes, man, I didn't know that's what they look like, you know, when their shells bust. And I'm like, oh my goodness! I was like, he killed him. Oh, but yeah. So I've been reading that, and I've been reading a little bit of the uh, the Giver Quartet. I read, um, of course, I read the Giver. I read the sequel, Gathering Blue, uh, which was very good. Um, first, gosh, hundred pages, kind of slow, uh, but then the last fifty made it all worth it. And then uh, I read. Uh, I'm in the process of reading the third one, Messenger, right now, which kind of ties the first one to the series a little bit better as well. So I've been reading that. 
And as far as video games go, <clears throat> I've been playing a little bit of Shining Force for the Sega Genesis. I, uh, you know, I started playing it on the iPad. I remember talking about that in the last show. Yeah. Um, but man, I just, it didn't feel the same. So I, uh, it's never the same, dude. You're right. You're right. I was up to like chapter four and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start over on the, this, on the Genesis. So a couple weeks ago, I, uh, went up to my dad's and I got a couple of pieces of furniture and stuff and I got a bigger entertainment center for the living room. Um, so I, I had a couple more shelves and I actually moved the Sega to the living room where it belongs. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah that's a good place for it. Yeah, yeah. So I've been playing a little bit of uh, Shining Force on there. Just started a new, uh, the chapter one again. And uh, I've also been playing a little bit of Road Rash. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, man. A little bit of Road Rash, too. Just I started in prep for Genesis Gems, mm -hmm. but I just kept on playing because I think I'm on level three or four now with a pretty souped up bike. I think I got one of the super bikes. And uh, yeah, just been playing a little bit of that, just goofing off. That's a good one. You know, the first time I ever played Road Rash wasn't on a Genesis, though. Really? It was on PC. They made Road Rash for PC. They made a they made a Road Rash for PC. I think it was Road Rash too. They made for PC because they they had it at the school's computer lab. And when you got done with your work, like what they would do is they would come by and they would load a Road Rash two up for you to play on the computer while you waited for everybody else to get finished. And I got to play it one day. It was that was my first introduction to Road Rash actually. Wow, that's that's cool. I didn't know that, huh? Yeah, <clears throat> I'm looking uh, that up real quick. I'm yeah, never, take a look at that. I never knew they made that for a computer. But, you know, speaking of computer, um, back in, like, uh, my old elementary school, gosh, I was, I guess, early 90s, mid-90s, um, there would be, like, one computer per classroom, and after we would get done all our assignments on Fridays in this one teacher's class, I think it was Miss Ambrose's class, um, we could go play on the computer for a little bit. And, uh, you know, that was kind of a good incentive. We'd all get our work done and everything. And then mm -hmm. i go back there, and she had a whole, uh, like, locked case full of uh, floppy disks of old games. And mm -hmm. that was my first time I ever played um, Tetris for the oh, computer. Oh, nice. And uh, there was another one. Um, oh, Oregon Trail. Oregon Trail. Yeah. That's a great one. <laughs> I had no idea how to play it as a kid, and I wasn't really patient. But uh, You just kill all the animals. That's how you win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just pray that you don't get dysentery. That's right. Don't don't tie dysentery. You know, speaking of computer games, um, I've not really done too much retro this week. I've not really had time. Uh, got a few more Star Wars figures actually. Actually, I got a uh, Empire Strikes Back Stormtrooper, like the original 1980 figure, which I was pretty stoked about. Wow, nice. I got a uh, Power of the Force. It was released around 1990. Boba Fett, which I'm a huge Boba Fett collector, huge Boba Fett fan. I've and got a blue million Boba Fett things. So. What does little Lola call uh, Boba Fett again? Baba Fett. <laughs> or Baba Fett or Baby Fett because I've got a one of the uh, giant size Boba Fetts and it's a little bit shorter than the uh, Stormtrooper, Stormtrooper and Darth Vader that I have and she calls him the baby. <laughs> got that. Got a, uh, got a Stormtrooper figure so I got a lot of the Empire guys this week but speaking of Star Wars I've been playing the Star Wars Battlefront Beta which Ooh. I know that's not retro, but good night. That is quickly becoming one of my favorite games ever. Man, I tell you, I'm, I'm going to have to download it. Yeah, you were telling me a little bit about it. Uh, yeah. Oh, man, I'm going to have to get it. Yeah, I was, uh, I was actually talking with uh, Jay and Brent and uh, Kyle Murphy about it on uh, Jay's Facebook page here the other day, just about how awesome of a game it was. And, you know, we were all talking about the different platforms that we had it on and what we were doing and playing and strategy and stuff. It was a really cool conversation. I'll tell you, isn't it amazing how resilient some series are? I mean, we, we were just talking about the Turtles. Yeah. I never thought they'd see another heyday like they did in the early uh, 90s or late 80s. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think it's here. 
I really I, do. I think it is too. But yeah, I was on a show, uh, Bargain Bin Radio, uh, one of my favorite podcasts. As a matter of fact, um, I'll formally welcome him to the network, uh, Josh O'Rourke and his wife Nicole. They have an awesome show called Bargain mm-hmm. Bin Radio. They discuss comics, you know, movies, video games, just all sorts of great stuff. Real good, nice people too. I've talked with them several times. Love talking to them. Yeah, the, w- one of the coolest guys I've I've ever met. Uh, Nicole, one of the coolest chicks I've ever met. I probably shouldn't call her chick. Uh, ladies, I've come ever on, met. Come on, Rob, BPC. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, um, what was I getting at? Oh, well, we, we were discussing how the Turtles, I, th- I thought, well, you know what? Now it's just as strong as it was before. And Josh, he was like, he made a good point. He said, actually, if you think about it, now it's, it's even more popular because think about how much social media has had an impact on the success of oh, certain yeah. franchises. You know, now more people know about it. Uh, more people, there's a wider audience. And it's the same thing with Star Wars. I mean, mm-hmm. now all these fans through Facebook, through Twitter, and, and through all these different media and networking websites, we all kind of rally together and, yeah. in, a, in anticipation for the, the new movie coming out. You know, I think, too, like, you know, back when we were growing up, if you liked Turtles or Star Wars or Ghostbusters or anything, you know, to the degree that a lot of us like it now, you were considered a dork and an outcast, and nobody wanted anything to do with you, and... I think that stigma's kind of I'm not say that I'm not gonna say that it's went away, but it's kind of evaporated a little bit where, you know, that's kind of the cool thing. It's like, oh yeah, I love Star Wars or I love Turtles and have you seen this Turtles or have you uh, <laughs> read this Star Wars story and it's just it's cool. It's cool to be it's cool to be a nerd. I definitely agree with that because Okay, like, for instance, you know, in the late 90s and stuff, I always call that the dark era of the Turtles, you know, going mm-hmm. back to the Turtles. I know that's I always go back to them, but um, okay. I think it's just a good example of what I'm trying to say. You know, during that time, it was kind of unpopular to be a Turtles fan, but then all of a sudden it came back, you know, and it started becoming a popular again in, in the uh, early 2000s, especially when the Fox cartoon came on, and, mm-hmm. then, and then now it's just blown up. But, you know, it seems like retro things have made a, a huge comeback, and it is socially acceptable. I'd say in the last five yeah. to six years, yeah, maybe even longer, last ten years, it's cool to be retro. It, it, it it's, is. And uh, that's not why we did the show. <laughs> no, we were retro before retro was cool is what that's, I feel. Uh, yeah, I know it's it's easy to say and not prove, but we really were. We, we talked about stuff from our childhood. Probably we, we would have been labeled as dorks in, oh, in yeah. high school. Well, see, you were at least half a jock, though. Well, but I was the dorky one that none of the rest of them, they're like, ah, stay away from him, he's the brainy one, and it's like, what? <laughs> you know, nowadays, it's it's a lot more socially acceptable. I mean, you look at all the podcasts um, mm-hmm. just dedicated to retro topics, retro things and stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a lot more acceptable. So, I'm a nerd, and I like things like Dragon Ball and Ghostbusters and Freak. Back to the Future. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, all that stuff, you know, I remember when I was... You know, just a throwback story. When I was in high school, you know, I was late to a to a basketball practice once, and they asked me, I said, why were you late? And I'm like, well, I had to see if Cell beat Gohan. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, come on, guys, Dragon Ball Z, don't y'all know? And they're like, you watch that crap? And I'm like, it's not crap. If you would sit down and watch it for more than three episodes, you would like it. And, you know, sure enough, one of the younger guys on the team – watched it and he got hooked on it and said that you know hey that's actually a pretty good show and i'm like i told you i wouldn't steer you wrong <laughs> oh i know I'm, I'm with you there so uh, have you been up to anything retro this week anything else uh no nah, not really just the star wars figures played a little bit uh i'm thinking about getting into shining force on the uh, sega saturn 
Oh my goodness! Uh, you talking about Shining Force Three? Yeah. Oh, how, how did you get that? Um, are you are you emulating it? Not really. Um, Josh, you know when Josh when I uh, with our buddy when I sent him the uh, action replay, he did some things to it to where I can play uh, backup copies of games. Oh. So um, he he told me you know he said here here's some games you know try them out and that was one of them and. Oh, dude. It's good. I have so far. Oh, I, you started playing it. I've started. I've just kind of started uh, where it does the introduction to the story and oh my gosh. what's going on. It and so far I'm like, yeah, it's probably a pretty good game. Oh my gosh. Well, see, I've not played it since it came out. Uh, well, actually, I got my Sega Saturn. I think late in the '90s. I think it, mm-hmm. I got it right after I, I think Sega Saturn was already kind of failing a little bit because I got a good I got a good deal on it. Kind of when they were in the discount bin. Yeah, yeah. When uh, I don't know when when things were looking pretty rough for Sega at that point. Um, so I got the system real cheap. Um, and I uh, decided I wanted to get a Shining Force game, Shining Force 3. Mm-hmm. And it was expensive. My goodness, it was like 50 bucks then. And now it goes for even more. But I remember not knowing that you needed a memory card for oh. the system. And I, I remember it was, it was back in the... You remember those weekends where you could dedicate a whole day to a video game? Oh my goodness, Wasn't yes, that I nice? missed that. I missed that. Me too, man. I, me too, gosh. I, I think of Chrono Trigger, I think of Final Fantasy VI, I think of... Yep. Um, uh, let's see, what else? Uh, Sukunen, I mean, games where I spent... Oh, Resident Evil 2? Where I spent the entire day beating that game, you know? And oh, this yeah. this was going to be one of those games. And I remember getting... I was about 13 hours into the game, and I was at my uh, parents' house. Uh, and I think... I don't remember if it was like I was during some kind of break or something like that. Because I remember it was on a Friday, and for some reason I wasn't in school. And then I, I my dad picked us up that night because he would take us over to his house every other weekend. And apparently, so I left my Sega Saturn running because I knew for some reason I didn't have a memory card. And I, you know, so I left it running. Well, mm-hmm. apparently the power went out oh. uh, sometime that weekend. I came back and my Sega Saturn was off. I was like, no! I lost everything. Sadness. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah, that's almost as bad as uh, the time my sister wiped out all my stuff on my memory card. Ooh, yeah, gross. Yeah, she had one of her friends over, and she she swears even to this day uh, <laughs> that you know it was her friend who did it by accident. And uh, but it, you know, I had uh, f- like thirty some hours on uh, Sukaden. I had who who knows how many hours. I was on like the second disc of Parasite Eve. Um, oh wow! Yeah, you had some. You had some time on there. Oh, I had some time on all those games, and they were all gone, and I was so devastated. When you when you go through it that far, and you've gone through all that stuff, you just don't feel like doing it all again. You know, you really don't. I mean, you kind of have to get fired back up to play it again. There's very yeah. There's very few games where I want to go back and you know just grind all the way back through it again. Like there's only a couple I can think of, like um, Shining Force. Of course, I do that every mm-hmm. year. Um, I guess I'm thinking strictly RPGs, but like, yeah. there's games I'll, I'll beat over and over again anyway. Like, um, uh, I love the Castlevania games as hard as they are. You know, I'll, oh yeah, I always go back to those, and especially around this time of year. Ooh, yeah, spooky. spooky. <laughs> Medusa heads. Oh, I hate them. Well, you know, uh, speaking about Shining Force Three, and we're we're starting to get into Sega territory with the podcast. You know that the Shining Force Three was intended to be a three game series. Really? They were supposed to, like the what what they did, and they actually did it in Japan, and they were going to do it over here, but the Saturn kind of started, you know, petering out, so to say, at that time. Was the first game that we got was supposed to be called Scenario One, hmm. and the ending was changed in the American version from the Japanese version because the Japanese version, then you know, players got Scenario One, and then like 
six months to a year later, Scenario 2 came out that continued the story, but it was from different characters' points of view. Oh, that'd have been great. And what it would do is it would read your memory card from Shining Force 1 and then import those characters over, kind of, at the stats that they were at the end of Shining Force 3, the first scenario. And then after the second scenario, it went to another character and, like, the third scenario, once you had save files beating the first two and you did the third one, it was going to show you the true ending of, of how the game ended. And, and, like, apparently over here, you know, the, the game came out, and it came out in Japan. So if you have a Japanese uh, Sega Saturn and can read Japanese, you can read the full entire, you can do the full Shining Force 3 story. But in America, what they did was they changed the ending to what it was at the end of the third one. Because they knew they weren't going to get the release scenarios two and three over here. See, I love that. I love when it's just like with novels, mm -hmm. and, you know, when you can tell the same story but through a different person's eyes. You know, the, the uh -huh. second time around, I love that stuff. And if they did that for the video games, I so would have played that. And like your character, like the way it was planned out was like in scenario two, like the character that you play eventually meets up with the main character from one and joins the party, and you have both the main character from one and the the main character from two together in the same party and the you know the guy from one has his stats from the first game that were saved oh that's awesome so it was like it was planned to be a three a three game series in america too but it just never happened because you know the saturn kind of died out that's a shame i mean the sega saturn I, I wish i wish it got a little bit more light you know because i think it was one of the systems that had it built up some momentum Mm -hmm. Could have been a pretty good system, and and I know that PlayStation and the sixty four. I mean, they they came in guns blazing with with a great library of games, and it was the whole three D thing. Like games were starting to go to the three D polygons, and you know the PlayStation. Like I've read articles on it, and what it boils down to is the PlayStation could do three D games better than the uh, Saturn could, and that's why. A lot of people say that it won. Had the Saturn been able to do 3D games better, it would have won because it could do 2D side-scrolling games better than the PlayStation 1 ever could. I mean, there's some games I have for it, like um, Mr. Bones and a couple other mm -hmm. games, like, just these obscure ones, and I'm like, this is a fun game. I, you know, I just, I hate the Saturn died out so quickly, because I think it came out, it came out first, I remember. Yeah. Uh, but my goodness, it was done by the late 90s. It was done by, like, 99. And apparently, like, the reason, one of the big reasons, and again, we're going into Sega territory here, but, um, you know, the Genesis had the 32X that came out, and it was kind of a failure. I mean, nobody really bought it or bought into it. And Sega's like, they kind of went into panic mode, and they're like, okay, we've got to rush the Saturn out, and we've got to do it now. Mm -hmm. So what they did was um, they were going to, uh, announced the release date like in November of the, of the year it came out. I can't remember what year it was. I want to say 96 maybe. But um, they re they said, okay, we're going to release it in uh, November. And they told all their distributors and all the gaming companies were like, hey, we're releasing our new platform in November. You know, Here are the development kits. You can start making games for it so we can have some launch games. Well, Sega went into panic mode after the 32X and all the peripherals started failing on the Genesis and, like, March, April of that same year, they come out and said, oh, yeah, by the way, um, the Saturn is going to be available tomorrow worldwide. And they, <laughs> did, they didn't tell their developers. They didn't tell anybody. The only, only people that knew that it was coming out were the Sega first-party games. Oh, my goodness. And it made the developers mad. They're like, whoa, you can't do this. We've got games that are halfway, you know, three-quarters of the way done. 
yeah. and you're releasing the system like six months early, what's the deal? And it made the developers so mad that a lot of them canceled their uh, their exclusives with the Saturn and said, you know, um, Sony has a system coming out a year or two later. We're just gonna we're just gonna port it over to Sony. That would have hurt it, yeah. <laughs> and that's and a lot of people say that that's what killed it was Sega just kind of panicking, saying, oh no, the, the the Genesis is dead. We don't have a console coming out for another six to eight months. What do we do? And they're like, well, we could rush the Saturn and put it out, and that's what they did. Ah, uh, I, I miss I miss the Sega, uh, you know, consoles. I really do. And the Dreamcast, the Dreamcast was another one that was great. You know, it was oh, ahead of its my time. Gosh, and yes. some of the fighting games on there to this day hold up so well. I think I think had it been better marketed and had a little bit better selection of games, I think the Dreamcast could have beat the PlayStation Two because the PlayStation Two is what ultimately killed the Dreamcast. PlayStation Two pretty much ruled that generation. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, so let's see, what else came out? The GameCube came out at that time, PlayStation 2, and Xbox. the Xbox, the first Xbox, that's right. Yeah, in uh, 2002 or whatever. And I know the PlayStation came out first of those besides the Dreamcast. I think the Dreamcast came out, what, in 2000 or 99? Yeah, I think the Dreamcast came out a little bit before the PlayStation 2 and then... I'll never, I'll never forget uh, when uh, the Dreamcast was first coming out, my stepdad, Randy, he's like, Hey, check this out. Check out the graphics on this thing. And it was like Mad 99 on the Dreamcast. <laughs> the guy's like putting the football, and I was like amazed at the graphics. I was like, "Oh my goodness, look at those oh, graphics!" Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I was the same way. Yeah, I'm like, "This is like playing an arcade game at home." I know. I said, "Oh my gosh!" I remember like stopping when I was doing it and just being in awe. Hey, Sonic Adventure is still a great game. I don't care what anybody says. That is a good looking and fun Sonic game. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I played. Uh, I actually didn't play that till like two years ago. And really? it's a good game. It's a good game. It's a great game. That's like an over. Uh, it's a straightforward perspective, right? Yeah, it's the it's the one that the camera kind of moves around with Sonic and. Ah, uh, yeah. Kind of reminds me of Mario sixty four in a way. It's, I guess that's kind of Sega's answer to Mario sixty four with Sonic Adventure. Mm, I'd say so. I could I could buy that. Well, Hoser, you hungry? I'm hungry. Oh well, I'll tell you what, man. I had the the most horrible dream. So hope hopefully uh, Stan's uh, definitely got some wings today. Yeah, that old crusty curmudgeon. I hope he has some food for us. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to have to go back and wash dishes again until he gets some food magically somehow. I know. Well, well, what do you say we go, eh? Let's go. Let's go. Huh. All right, Hosehead. Well, what kind of wings are you going to get today? Um, I think I'm going to do the orange glaze. Those always sound really good. Ah, uh, it's my personal favorite. I think I'm going to go with teriyaki. You had that last week. I think I'm going to go good. with it this week. So, man, I kind of like the uh, Halloween decorations around here. Old Stan, he, he did all right. He does it up all right. I mean, he can be a, a grump, but, man, he, he knows how to decorate the place for Halloween. And I'll tell you what, man. That, that was one, one good thing about my old man. He loved to decorate. I mean, every holiday, he that was a great excuse for him to decorate. And I really want to do that this year. Uh, and I just, you know, we kind of had some unforeseen expenses coming the way, so we couldn't go Ugh. all out for Halloween, but we're going all out for Christmas because that's baby time, and yeah. that baby's going to come to the house with a winter wonderland. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, we're going to go all out. But uh, but anyways, Hoser, so, uh, you know, speaking of these Halloween decorations and yeah. everything, all the spooky stuff going on. I'm scared. Uh, me too. Jeez, watch out for that fake spiderweb, eh? Yeah, that fake spiderweb, and watch out for the bathroom. Ooh, that's the scariest place of all. <laughs> Watch out for that fake rat. Oh, wait, that's real. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason it says portal to heck above the toilet. Uh, so, Hoser, so what are we going to discuss today, my man? 
Today's topic on the Halloween, Halloween, <laughs> Halloween spooktacular of winging it. Oh, sorry, man. Oh, you ever swallow like I had a Pepsi Max here and I swallowed it and you made me laugh and then I got uh -oh. stuck in my throat, my like throat. Oh, it burns. Oh, and now my chest just feels like it's gonna explode. Just oh. burp big, you'll feel better. Oh, you had to make me laugh, didn't you? Oh, I had to. <laughs> but uh, today's uh, topic on the Retro Junkies winging it super show Halloween spooktacular that's a mouthful <laughs> say that three times fast is uh our favorite scary or horror movies what's your favorite scary movie the the one where I don't have to go to Stan's bathroom that's my favorite <laughs> that's one of my favorites too <laughs> oh that's right and man I'll tell you what to narrow it down to one movie oh see it's hard I'll tell you are you a big scary movie buff I am I love scary movies and see the old lady she, she doesn't like scary stuff she, See, she does not. Mine does. Like, she even wants to watch it when I'm not in the mood to watch scary movies. She's like, oh, put that scary one on. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I'll tell you, well, see, like, the interesting thing about my wife is she's like, oh, yeah, I, I can't stand scary stuff. You know, turn that. She she won't. She will not watch The Shining to this day. Uh, really? She hates it. We've tried it two or three times. We'd get to the part where, uh, is it Jack? No, no, no. What was his name in the movie? The um, Oh, gosh, the little boy. Oh, Danny Torrance, and uh, he's, he's on his little bike, and he gets to the twins, and then all of a sudden it flashes to the room where, you know, everyone was killed and everything. She gets to that point, she's like, oh gosh, turn this off. And then uh, another one that she, she will not watch is The Exorcist, she will not watch that. She's never even, we never even tried to watch that. Um, I mean, I've seen it a million times, but she will not watch it. Hmm. Uh, and then, you know, the funny thing is, she, she won't watch, you know, paranormal ghost stuff or anything like that, like the Haunted House shows. Yeah. I love, I'm a sucker for that stuff, even though... Oh, I, yeah, stuff like Amityville Horror. Oh, I love oh man, I'm all about that, yeah. And Poltergeist. Poltergeist is a good one, too. It's great. Especially when the guy's face melts in the mirror. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, she'll, she won't watch that stuff, but she'll watch, like, murder mysteries where people get raped and they never find the killer and, oh. See, that's more scary than, like... Horror scary movies because that's stuff that could really happen. That, exactly. That's why I tell him like you'll watch this stuff, but you won't watch the fake stuff. She's like, no. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm just gonna go back over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, I love I love all kinds of horror movies. I oh, love, I do too. I'm not like a really big fan of blood and guts and gore and intestines everywhere. See, I don't like movies like Hostel that are the torture. Yes, I don't like that. Oh, I hated that movie. I squirmed so much. I'm like, oh man, I don't know if I'm able to watch this. This is horrible. For that reason, I'm not a big Saw fan either. Like, yeah. it's, it's not that I, I'm too spooked out. I just don't think, I don't know, I think there's a way you can be scary. Yeah. While, I think it's scarier to leave things up to your imagination. Yes. Than, than just, you know, hey, let's, let's try to make this as violent as possible. I know there's an audience for that. And there are some slasher films I love. Oh, yeah. And there might be one of them I'll be discussing today. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but overall, overall, I love all kinds of scary movies. Like, I love old black and white monster movies. I, will I do, watch, too. I'll watch Nosferatu. Have you ever seen that one? I've never seen Nosferatu. Uh, well, I've never seen it all the way through. I've seen, like, the first couple of minutes of it, but I've never finished it. Oh, that scary rat guy. He's a vampire. Oh, it's an old black and white. It is terrifying. I think I went to school with him. <laughs> Yeah, he sat in the front of your chemistry class. Yeah, yeah, he was that kid in the front of the uh, class picture there on uh, picture day. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then I love like the campy um, monster movies from the fifties. You know, you know, like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, and I mean, just anything. Attack cheesy. of the Killer Tomatoes is good. It's great. I love it's that great. movie. I love. Oh, I love the Twilight Zone series. 
Oh, man, I'm a sucker for that. As a matter of fact, I read a play a couple weeks ago called The Monsters of Dew on Maple Street, which was written by Rod Sterling from um, the Twilight Zone series. And the kids really liked it. It's cheesy as all get out, but it's it's good. It's good. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, it's basically about um, basically a spacecraft flies over this one little town on Maple Street. And this little boy is like, you know, he's convinced that it's aliens or whatever. And uh, all that happens is all everyone's electronics, they just cut off. You know, the phones won't oh. work. The cars won't work. and Nothing will work. And then the, basically the whole theme of it is you watch the people start accusing other people of the problem. You know, hey, oh. and, and then all of a sudden, like, random cars will start on, and they'd be like, hey, well, Les's car started. You know, he always was an oddball. There's something wrong with him. And then basically everyone turns to their fear. They use their fear to turn into a mob and start attacking people. And at the very end of this play, the aliens are like, see, all you had to do was cut off a few other lights and watch them destroy themselves. They're, wow. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, basically everyone ends up killing each other, and, uh, and it's all because they're afraid, you know, yeah. and... I, we were just talking to, as a class about how, you know, people, when they're afraid, they do some very scary, irrational, and evil things. Oh, so, yeah. you know, I, it was pretty, uh, I don't know, for an old 1950s storyline, I think the kids really liked it. Well, I'll tell you a movie, too, from the old days that I like. I, I like a lot of the Vincent Price stuff, too, mm-hmm, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, House on Haunted Hill is one of my favorites. That's a great one. That's a great and one. And, you know, it's scary without being gory is the good thing. Exactly. I mean, you think of Hitchcock, too. Like Psycho? Oh, hit, anything Hitchcock does is great. Uh, Psycho is one of my favorites. I Psycho's love. good. Uh, the Birds. The I Birds. Like the Birds. Yeah. The Boyds. The Boyds. <laughs> Take off. There's the Boyds. <laughs> you know, every time, I, every time I see the Birds, though, I think of Hans Molman on The Simpsons where they're kind of doing a parody of the Birds, and he's in the phone booth, and he goes, I'm going to need the largest seed bell that you have. And then it goes silent for a minute, and he goes, no, that's too big. <laughs> And then, like, a bird flies through the, the telephone booth. <laughs> oh, poor Hans <Hansible>, man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I love scary movies. Um, just, I love to be scared. Ever since I was a kid, like, I love to be scared. I, I watch Dad a lot of times. He'd always have the most, I don't know, beefed-up uh, cable package, and he'd have HBO on or something like that. Ooh, so and, good stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, and he'd fall asleep on the couch or whatever, and I'd sneak down, and I'd watch all the scary movies. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so I've got a question, and it's been bugging me, and I wanted to ask you this. What's up? What do you consider the Lost Boys? Do you consider that a horror movie? Oh, I consider that an 80s movie. <laughs> you know, I kind of do, too. I was kind of on the fence about whether or not that was a horror movie, because me and my wife, we watched it for the first time here not too long ago, and she said it was okay, and I'm like, you know, I, I kind of liked it. It was good. Oh, so you, really? So you'd never seen it until a, a couple years I'd ago? I'd never seen it. I'd never seen it. It was probably, it's probably been about eight months ago that we watched it. Oh, wow. I remember seeing it um, when I was real young. I remember it was on TV. It was a Saturday morning of all times. It seems like a weird time to show that movie, but uh, huh. I remember watching it for the first time probably, I know my mom and dad were still together, so probably the early 90s, 91. Mm-hmm. And I remember being terrified as a kid, but I was a kid. But see, like, yeah. you watch it now... Uh, I don't know if they were trying to be scary. I guess in certain scenes they were. Yeah. But it, to me, it feels like a horror film that meets the Goonies. <laughs> yeah, it, it's that's what I that's, that's what I said exactly. I'm like, this is kind of like the Goonies, but with vampires. Yeah, kind of, and it, not just because Corey Feldman's in it. Corey Feldman, he was Donatello. <laughs> you respecting maybe the Adams family? <laughs> no, we weren't. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, I, I laugh at that movie. Like I, I to now watching it, it's it to me it puts me in a good mood. It's a good like it's yeah. a spooky movie, but it's really kind of I almost see it as a uh, I don't want to say it's a comedy. More like an adventure story. Yeah, yeah. With vampires. Yeah, with vampires. With Kiefer Sutherland as a vampire. You can't go wrong with Kiefer. Yeah, and uh Ted from Bill and Ted is one of the vampires. He's the first one that gets killed. I saw I saw that and I'm like, hey, there's a guy from Bill and Ted. Cool. <laughs> You know what movie used to scare the absolute, I'm going to say it, crap out of me? <laughs> what? And I won't watch it to this day. Really? The, what? the first three Chucky movies, I will not really? watch them. I have an irrational fear of dolls because of those freaking movies. <laughs> I'm gonna, I know I know what to get you for Christmas, eh? Hey? I'm getting Whatever, you a Chucky doll. Whatever, I'll, I'll burn it. No dude. way, like, don't you, no way. I spent, I spent money on it, you're going to enjoy it. No way, I'm not, I'm not going to play with it. <laughs> Like you know those uh, my buddy dolls that they used to have? Yeah, I had one. I tried to watch like the first Child's Play movie, mm-hmm. and I watched about half of it, and I just couldn't do it anymore. And I, I kid you not, I grabbed my my buddy doll, <laughs> took him outside, got a shovel, cut its head off with the <laughs> shovel, like cut it, buried the head and the body separate from each other. I don't, I don't know where it's at now. I'd love to go find that. <laughs> No, oh man, kill uh, us! You know what? We're gonna we're gonna make a video, and we're gonna go back to the. Oh, that'd be like a spooky video. We're gonna go back to the original spot where you buried this all those years ago. And we're gonna get closure. I think there's a barn on top of it now, but nah, <laughs> we'll go in the barn and do it. You know that that always cracks me up. Like uh, I know what I remember. One of the Friday Thirteenth movies. Uh, it's like this guy. What was his name? Tommy Jarvis. Tommy Jarvis, and he was yeah. kind of like one of the very few characters. That was kind of in a few different movies. You know, there was almost a little bit of continuity there. Wasn't he played by Corey Feldman? Yeah, in the, in uh, Friday Thirteenth Four. When he was a kid, yeah. Yeah, he was a kid. Then in Five, there was a Jason impersonator in that one uh, that kind of stalks his mental in- institution where Tommy's at, and Tommy ends up surviving that, but he kind of starts going crazy. And then in Six, Jason lives. Is Six where he fights the girl with the psychic powers? That's Seven. That's a New Blood. I hate that one. Oh, you hate that one? Well, I don't hate it. It's just so weird. It's like it's weird. If, if you have telepathy, why should you be scared of this guy? You should just like pick him up and like slam him against the tree till he dies. <laughs> well, yeah. It, well, in the sixth one, it doesn't make any sense. He's like, oh, you know what? He gets out of the mental place, uh, and then he's like, you know what? I gotta get some closure on this. I gotta make sure he's dead. So he digs Jason up, and he's stabbing him with this metal rod and stuff. Like that's gonna do anything, you, you know? The, the body. And yeah. by the way, Jason's completely decomposed. Maggots are, like, going all crazy on him and stuff. He, you know, he's completely almost a skeleton. But yeah. somehow the lightning rod, somehow the metal rod, when he stabs him and he gets out of there and uh, lightning strikes the metal rod and Jason comes back to life. I'm like, man, why did you do that? Look what you did. <laughs> you know what I always thought about that scene? I always thought they were paying tribute to, like, the original Frankenstein movies with that scene. They were. You know, I, I, I guess at the time... I can understand why fans would have been upset, because the series, I guess they were used to the series trying to be scary. Yeah. At that point, that was kind of like jumping the shark. It's like, okay, you know, Jason lives, <laughs> you know, this is part six, we're starting to get pretty deep in the series now. I'm sure the producers are like, you know what, this is pretty cheesy, let's, let's make it as cheesy as we can, and uh, maybe people will appreciate it for its humor. And <laughs> uh, I get that now, but I understand yeah. back in the day, people were probably like, what, are you serious? What, I want my money back. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways. And then there's eight where he goes to New York. Good oh, my gosh. Not, that is a... 
I hate that movie. Well, That's, I don't hate it. I like it because it's hilariously funny. It is pretty funny. Especially he punches the, the dude's head off. That's what I was going to say. The, de- the dude's head on the roof? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, at that point, they were just trying to be funny, I think. I think. And then all of a sudden, you get the last one, uh, Jason Goes to Heck. Yeah. <laughs> and that one was trying to be scary. I think that one was just a setup for Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah. yeah. With, especially with the ending. I can't remember the ending of that one. It's like uh, Jason's oh, mask is yes. in the desert, and then Freddy's hand grabs it and drags it down underneath. And it would take 10 or, what, 13 years later before there was a, actually a movie about it? And, you know, that movie is not half bad, Freddy vs. Jason. If you've never watched it, do yourself a favor and watch it. It's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, again, it's just, you know, I think at that point they were trying to be funny. Again, yeah. I, again, I guess. Because no one was taking it seriously. No one was scared of it. It was just like, oh, let's see how funny these deaths are going to be. I always liked when Freddy grabbed the one chick's nose when she was dreaming. He's like, ha ha, got your nose. And like, pulls it off. <laughs> I laughed out loud in the theater. People looked at me and I'm like, it was funny. It was funny. <laughs> You're at a Freddy versus Jason movie. You can't take yourself that seriously. Uh, well, you know, that's so funny you bring up uh, the My Buddy Dog because I had a kind of a similar situation. I remember, once again, Dad fell asleep on the couch and Child's Play, the first one, was on. Ooh. And I remember being terrified. And see, my My, my Buddy Doll... Uh, would always sit on this chair in the corner, catty corner in my room, facing the bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for some reason, one of his eyelids, like when you laid him down, his eyes would shut. Yeah. But when you when he sat up, his eyes would open. But for some reason, one eye would always stay open. So he'd always be watching me with one eye. Oh, I just like, got a sh- shiver thinking about that. <laughs> so I didn't actually bury him. I didn't sever his head or anything, but I did put him in the toy box and never got him back out again. <laughs> He's buried underneath all those toys. <laughs> I tell you what I think makes those child's play movies so scary. What's that? The fact that they used like traditional special effects for Chucky. Yeah. Like the puppets and little people in like doll suits, like really good doll suits. Uh-huh. I think that's what made those movies so scary. Like, if you look at the first couple of child's play movies versus the later ones. He's kind of a character of him, a caricature of himself in the later ones, like kind of poking fun at him. But in those first ones, I mean, he's scary as all crap looking, man. He's yeah, I, I love I love how horror movies. You know, the first few, you know, they're they're still trying to be scary, and some of them yeah. still hold up. Like some of them are kind of scary, but then you know later on, it's just like they they realize, okay, you know, we can't have all these many sequels and still be scary and serious because people already know the formula by now. Exactly. So I agree. Like you think of Bride of Chucky and all those, I just kind of roll my eyes. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of horror comedy to me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think heck, the last few Jason movies have been that way, except for the remake. The remake, uh, I heard right. they tried to get serious with the remake. I've not watched the remake because the first one, I want to keep the memory of the first one as it is in my mind. I don't want a remake of it. You talking about Friday Thirteenth? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That was a good. That was a good. That's. It's not my. I don't think it's my favorite, but it's up there. It's good, mm-hmm. and especially with the twist. If you've never seen it, if you're young, if you're young enough and you've not ever seen the first Friday the Thirteenth, the twist at the end is great. First of all, Hoser, why don't you tell me your favorite? Because I think you're, you're okay. I'm gonna shut up. I'm trying to think. I've got it narrowed down to like three or four, and I can never. But I'll probably have to pick, and it's it's a classic horror movie. And it's been remade, I think, once, but it was really, I, I always prefer the, uh, the classic. And me and my wife watch it every year at Halloween. Hmm. 
the original Night of the Living Dead. Oh, good pick. I love that movie. The the one with the, the girl and her brother in the cemetery. And then They're she coming has... to get you, Barbara. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh. I love that movie. I forgot about that one. That's a great one. I, th I think it being in black and white makes it even scarier. It does. And the twist at the end of it, if you've never seen it, it's on Netflix now. Is it? Yes, it is. Oh, I have to watch that. We streamed about half of it the other night, and we both fell asleep during the during it. I mean, I've seen it like I've literally seen it like six times, and I love watching it every time. Is that that's a John Carpenter film, isn't it? I don't know if it's John Carpenter or, or uh, John Romero. Maybe maybe Romero, since it's not of and the living or the, one of the Living Dead series. You know, I think you're right. Yeah, Night of the Living Dead, and then I think there was Day of the Living Dead, wasn't there? Uh, was that the one that was in the 80s? There was that one. was in the 80s, and it was in the mall, I think. Oh, okay. I've not seen. Oh, yeah, I've seen that one. The, the one. And then I'm they remade of. it. Then they remade it, and the remake is actually really good. Let's see. Oh, so good. I'll tell you what, man. That is a great pick. That I would put that in my top five of of all time. It's Heck, I'd probably good. put that in my top three. It's um, so good. Oh, it's so good. Like I think of so many scenes in that movie. The one that I was having trouble picking it over was the Evil Dead series. See, I love the Evil oh. Dead series too. The first one and the second one. Yes. See, again, that's you know, first one trying to be pretty dang on scary, and it was. I thought. Well, you know, the first one was an independent like uh, school film. Yeah. That yeah. Ram that Sam Raimi did, and then people liked it so much that they gave him a huge budget, and he kind of did a remake for part two. Really? Is that right? Like, so the first one was a school project? Yeah, like he did that kind of thing when he was still in college in film school. Wow. How about that? And Bruce Campbell was just a friend of his. Jeez. Now he's like a legend. <laughs> Dude, Bruce Campbell's the man. And, you know, we'll get into the comments, but a lot of people loved Army of Darkness. I liked Army of Darkness, too. I liked the second one because it was still kind of dark, but it was also funny. And the third oh, one yeah. was just completely funny. That first one, though, was really good, in my opinion. Great. I remember you. I never saw that. You and I watched it because I had it on DVD. The little demon underneath the the basement or whatever. Yeah. Oh, that was, that was spooky. Come on, let me out. Yeah. Ugh, ugh. You can let me out, and it goes back to her normal voice. I won't hurt you. Oh, no. Gosh. And then it like starts screaming at him and trying to bust out, and I'm like, yes. Yeah. And then the trees that come to life. Yeah. Ugh, ugh, forget that. And you don't know. How, it's one of those where it leaves it up to your imagination how it ends too. Yeah. Because you know he's trying to run away. And the camera follows him, and then he turns around and like zooms in on his face, and then the credits start rolling. Oh, that's awesome! Well, going back to the Night of the Living Dead, my goodness, man, I'm looking at some pictures now, and it like it takes me back because, first of all, it starts off creepy right off the bat. Oh yeah, right off the bat. I mean, with um, the music, mm -hmm. you know, it's just got that dreary, just kind of foreboding music at the very beginning, and then um, you know, the opens going, in a graveyard. Opens in a graveyard. And, uh, you know, Barbara, she's paying respects. And, of course, the brother, uh, he's kind of a smart aleck the whole time. And, you know, he's just like, I can't believe we still drive this many hours out of here out here in the country just to put some roses on here. And then uh, finally this creepy guy starts walking towards him. And this is, you know, his face isn't rotting off or anything. No. He's just a, a random guy walking the cemetery kind of off by himself. Looks a little ragged. That's all. I mean, That's his it. clothes are a little ragged looking. But it, the way it's shot makes it spooky. <laughs> it does. And I was going to say, and you can tell that it impacts the main character, Barbara, because she kind of starts, she like goes into shell shock, kind of. Oh, big time. And it's just, you know, it all starts from there. He starts attacking the car, you know, he gets his brick, trying to break through the window and, and get him. And, uh, oh, man. And the brother eventually, he turns into a zombie. 
Yeah. Oh, and just, oh, this is one of the uh, first ones where um, you see them eating these people. Remember, they're like sharing all the... Oh, yeah. They're, eat, they're eating a, a, a person that they caught. And do you know, I, I watched the making of that movie. Like, it was when AMC was doing Monster Fest, and they did the... Uh, the show notes version where it would flash little facts up about the uh, the scenes. Uh-huh. Do you know the scene where they're eating the guy that uh, what they did was they ordered a Kentucky Fried Chicken oh. and they cut the chicken up to look like body parts and the skin that they're eating is chicken skin. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. And that's why it looks like skin that they're eating because it's fried chicken skin. Oh, they were probably like, hmm, that's delicious. <laughs> and the black and white, you know, they said with the black and white that you couldn't tell that it wasn't chicken skin. No, I mean, how could you? Yeah, yeah. See, that's that's the beauty of black and white. There's a lot that of things you can hide, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, oh, my gosh. I, I I think of the girl in the basement. You remember the girl in the basement? Yes. The, they lock her down there down there because she's been bitten. And mm-hmm. oh, she ends up killing. Doesn't she end up killing her mom and her dad eventually? I think she kills both of them eventually. Yeah. Oh, so good, so good. It's such a good movie. Oh, I don't want to go watch it now. I do too. <laughs> Seeing these pictures, like, oh, I forgot how good this movie is. But yeah, and then uh, I guess we could give away the end. I mean, uh, people surely have seen it by now. I know for like so. fifty years. If if you've not seen it, do a favor, skip over, don't listen, watch it, and be amazed for yourself. Yes. Okay, spoilers. Spoilers, everyone. We're going to talk about the ending. Uh, hang on one sec, Hoser. I, I found that scene where the mother's dead. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, the mother from the... the uh, she's got like a shovel stuck in her chest. Ooh, it's creepy looking. Ugh. But go ahead, Hoser. I'm sorry. So here's the spoiler. One of the characters is you meet... I can't even remember his name. I can't either. He, he comes by, you know, and you think he's going to be the hero... And the police and the National Guard surround the house that everybody's in... And they just mow the zombies down. I mean, they blast the snot out of them. And the guy who is the main hero, he's like hiding, you know, behind the door. And he comes out and he holds his hand up and he goes, wait, wait. And like one of the policemen like shoots the guy in the forehead. And that's it. Yeah. And that's it. And the, and the, like the chief of police like, yep, you got that last one that was in the house. Good shot. Yeah. That. And another interesting thing about the movie is it starts off with the main character being Barbara, right? Yep. Well, then she meets the hero, or the, the other guy. Barbara gets killed, like, halfway through the film. Yeah. Which is different. You, 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 very rarely do you see a film start with one main character and then end with a different one. Yeah. That's some cool storytelling, in my in my opinion. I agree. And uh, this is something you didn't see before, and you've not seen a lot since. Mm-mm. So, yeah. Excellent pick, my friend. I forgot all about that one. All right, Rob, I've said mine. What about yours? Well, you kind of hinted around to it earlier. Uh, It's the Mm -hmm. original Friday the 13th. It's good. The original is my all-time favorite horror movie for so many reasons. If you watch that first one, it's definitely the beginning of the slasher era. I mean, mean, actually, you could probably start earlier with Halloween, but this one had its own kind of feel to it. I mean, it was on the lake. It was in this cabin. Mm -hmm. Um, You've got all these teenagers around, and... uh, Doing things they aren't not supposed to. <laughs> doing things they probably shouldn't have been doing. Um, but I love everything about the original Friday the 13th film. I've watched it. I remember watching all the Jason movies when I was younger. And, you know, all the cheesy ones, you know, like Part 6, Part 7, Part 8. Oh, yeah, the ones they showed on USA all the time. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> you know, I was used to those. 
my dad and I, uh, we would have a tradition a lot of times on Saturdays that he'd be babysitting my sister and I. We go to Blockbuster, and a lot of times I get you know wrestling VHS tapes or whatever. And and uh, I remember one time in the mid '90s, I was like, you know what, I want to do a horror movie. And of course, Ooh. my my dad was a little bit more um, liberal as, as far <laughs> as you know. He didn't really care if it was rated R. He's like, all right, go ahead and grab it. You know, where my mom would be like, you're not watching that. Oh, Rob. Oh, yeah. So I was like, hey, Dad. I said, can I, can I get a scary movie? He's like, all right. It's not going to give you nightmares, is it? I was like, nah. Nah, I'm cool. So I saw, yeah, they had a whole section dedicated to Friday 13th, you know, one through part nine. And I was like, I want to start from the beginning. And I thought, you know, because I'd already heard of Jason and everything. I already knew about the hockey mask and everything. I was like, oh, I've never mm-hmm. seen the first one. So all throughout, I put it in Dad's uh, VCR, and I'm watching it by myself. And I'm probably eight, seven or eight at this point, so I'm still pretty young, and I'm watching it, and I'm waiting. For, like, you don't see the killer. You don't. No. The entire, the, almost the entire film, you don't see the killer. So I assumed it was Jason. Yeah. Uh, and at the very end, you get the reveal that it was Jason's mother in, in the first one. That was such a good plot twist. Oh, well, that's great. Yeah, I mean, you, you think... Watching the series and everything, you think, okay, well, it, it's got to be Jason. But see, if you didn't know, you have no idea if it's a boy or a girl. And this is like the first horror movie, where one of the very first, where the the villain is a woman, and she's a very scary woman. And she did, and the actress who played her did a great job. That oh, Pamela she, something, I forget her name. She seemed deranged enough to where she would take revenge on people to, for her son. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it's great too because okay, when you finally do see her. It's toward the end of the film. All these different characters have been killed except for the main girl, Alice. And she's just trying to get out of this camp. She is just completely desperate. Bodies are, you know, creatively hung around the uh, the campsite mm-hmm. and everything. Which Such I always wonder. It's creepy, creepy, creepy atmosphere for that whole entire movie, too. Oh, absolutely, because it's storming out. It's on the lake. It's windy. It's definitely and like And the a... death curse. Oh, yeah, Ralph. I forgot about Ralph. <laughs> Can't forget about Ralph. James did the best Ralph ever for us. He did. He's, he's cer- he certainly did. I, I, you know, every time I see Ralph now, I'm going to think of James. <laughs> I, do, I, I do. Every time I watch that movie, I'm like, man, James did one good Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what I love about the film is so when the villain kind of shows up, you don't know she's a villain. You think that she's one of the good guys because she's mm-hmm. like, she finally comes in through the door, you know, and everything. And Alice's like, please help me. They killed everybody. And she's like, relax, relax. She, she seems completely normal. Uh, she's like, relax. And then she starts saying, hey, I wish they never would have opened this place back up. This has such horrible, horrible memories to it. And Alice is just kind of sitting there just completely just shocked and kind of numb after all the things she's witnessed. She's listened to this lady kind of talk about the cabin's past or the camp's mm-hmm. past and the more the lady starts talking they're like they never should have opened this place she's starting to turn right in front of Alice and Alice starts realizing that that's her she's the yeah. killer and you start seeing her start talking to herself I love the pro- progression of that character you know at first you think she's the good guy she's gonna mm-hmm. rescue her and then the more she talks the more you realize she's not on her side. Nope. nope. She is the killer. She is the one that's been doing it all. And Alice realizes it, and she can't get away. Oh, it's so great. So That's so good. Oh, it's great. And it reminds me of... You ever watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Which one? I've the seen... Original, the original. The very first one. I have seen the original. It's pretty good. Oh, it's scary. It's that's really a creepy good. one. That's, that's, a, that's a skeevy one. Ooh, yeah, that's a definitely a more... Um, 
that one's hard to watch because the gore is so strong. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I remember the police officer in that one. You think he's one of the good guys. And you find out later that he's actually one of the worst ones because what he does is when the people call the cops, he comes in there, he pretty much kidnaps them and then feeds them to his family. Uh, yep. ooh, so at first you think he's one of the good guys, and then when they turn, oh, it's great. But same thing with this film. You know, you think she's a good guy, and then she turns. And then the second half of the film is Alice trying to run away from this killer. Uh, and finally, the very last scene of the film, Alice, she's, uh, she's I think, on the, the shore side of the lake. And uh, the main character confronts her, or the main villain confronts her, Jason's mom. And Alice, uh, I think she grabs a machete or something like that and chops her head off. Uh, yep. And it's like it's slow motion. Ugh. And then she kind of, um, I love the ending in the film because she gets in that canoe and she just kind of goes out into the lake and just pretty much from all the adrenaline and all the fear, uh, she just passes out. And uh, she wakes up in the morning and she's like, you, this happy music's playing and everything. And you think she's going to, she made it. She made it through the night, that horrific night. And all of a sudden, is it her imagination, or did it really happen? This deranged boy pops out of the lake and grabs her and pulls her underneath the, the water. And she wakes up in the hospital the next day, and the cops are like, Oh, man, you, we just found you in the water. We, we dragged you out. Uh, and she's like, Where's the boy? Where's Jason? Yeah. And they're, and they're like, uh -huh. What boy? What are you talking about? And she just kind of looks off in the distance. She goes, He's still there. You know, and that's how it ends. It just kind of zooms out on the lake. And that's how it ends. I mean, if you watch just that film, you're like, that is a, I, in my opinion, that is a masterpiece film. That's a good movie. Yeah, it's great. And you know, two ties into it really well, too, the second one. Second one is great. Uh, second one, I, I dare say the, eh. I think the first one's better than the second one. Yeah. I do, too, but I think the second one did, it was a worthy sequel. Uh, if you watch them together as one story, it's really good. Yeah. Uh, I love the second one because it was still trying to be scary. Third one, I think the third one was kind of the turning point in the series. It was in 3D. <laughs> yes, it was. Not Lord, remember we watched that together, me and you are like, there are so many forced 3D shots in this film. It is ridiculous. <laughs> like the little rat, like, I don't know, uh, standing on like a ruler. Or the He's harpoon, going... like, coming at you. <laughs> oh, that's right, in the uh, that girl's eye. Well, see, the third one, the, what's cool about the third one, besides the 3D thing, was um, that's where he gets his hockey mask. He gets it from Shelly. That's right. You remember his name. Very good. <laughs> Poor Shelly. He, he was the little dude with, like, the little afro. He was the, he was the nerd that no one really liked, you know, because he'd always take a joke too far and scare everybody, and uh, he finally gets it. <laughs> he gets it, and then Jason takes his mask, because he was wearing, like, a burlap sack with an eye hole cut in it, and he wore flannel, so, you know. He wore flannel. That's right. He was at least fitting in the 80s. Exactly, and, you know, him and Rob shopped together on weekends. <laughs> That's true. Uh, speaking of which, I'm going to break out the final uh, next week. It's supposed to get a little cooler. So. Uh-oh. Yeah, it's time. <laughs> Tis the season. Uh-huh. But, yeah, so, you know, overall, the first one I think was a masterpiece. I thought the second one was really good. I thought the third and fourth one were not as good as the first two, but still decent. I like okay. I liked the fourth one for what it was. Now, the fourth one was supposed to be the end of the series. Um, they called it the final chapter. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the fifth one, A New Beginning, was basically the Jason Imposter. And then they just kind of went crazy with the sequels after that. You know, 6, 7, 8, 9, which was Jason Goes to Heck, and then Jason X, and then, you know, Freddy vs. Jason, then the remake. And, you know, so they kind of, the series kind of went off and did its own thing. And I like each movie for 
minor reasons. I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I, they're okay. I'll watch some of the later ones, but I think the first four were the best, um, and the first one being the crown jewel of the series. So yeah, I and I watch the original Friday Thirteenth, and I watch. Believe it or not, I watch part three a lot for some reason. I, I think huh. it's because when I was a kid, it's I kind of had a crush. Mask, eh? Say what? It's the hockey mask, eh? That's it. Well, see, I love anything with a hockey mask. Casey Jones, uh, Pelly Lindbergh from the Flyers, uh, you know, and, uh, of course, Jason. So anything with a hockey mask, you, you win. But what else was I going to say? Damn. That you had the hots for one of the chicks. Oh, three. yes, the main star of the, first, the third film I had a, the biggest crush on as a kid. <laughs> I thought she was so cute, and I was glad that she lived. Yeah, yeah, you made it. And the interesting about the third one, I, I'll say this about the third film that I really liked. Now, and you and I watched it, so you'll remember this. At the mm-hmm. very end, she's going crazy, and she's starting yeah. to see things. Like It almost ends like the first one does. She's out in the lake. She made it. She survived and everything. But she starts, like, she's looking at this cabin in the distance. She's out in the canoe at this point, looking at this cabin, and she sees Jason's deranged head without the mask on and everything and she'd already hit him with an axe and everything so she thinks she sees Jason in this window um, and he's all bloody and he's looking at her like he sees her so then he runs down and he busts through the front door and he's looking at her and then all of a sudden he disappears and she's like oh my gosh did I see that uh, and then now this couldn't have happened but and then all of a sudden Jason's mother with her head still on somehow comes <laughs> popping out of the lake with all these worms and maggots swimming on her and everything, comes popping out of the lake and pulls her under. And then uh, the, when the cops show up this time in the third one, uh, she's just completely gone mad. She's just, like, laughing and, like, giggling and just, like, screaming randomly as the cops put her in the cop car and try to talk some sense into her. And that's yes. how the third one ends. I'm like, ooh, that's kind of a creepy ending to that film. That is. Yeah, so. And then you had um, the fourth film with Corey Feldman. Yes. <laughs> That one, that one was okay. I, I enjoyed that one. It was okay. No, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible. So, um, but yeah, I love the original Friday Thirteenth. I think that'd be my number one pick, and a close second for me was. Um, <laughs> now, this is one that a lot of people will probably hate, but I like the Blair Witch Project. It was okay. I wasn't. You weren't big on it, were you? I wasn't big on it. I mean, it was okay, but I'll just. I don't know. I think I liked it because it was all improv. And I thought it spoke mm-hmm. volumes of the actors. Uh, I thought they were so good because I, I read um, or I saw the documentary, and basically all they did was they shot these kids in the, in the woods, and they give them general directions and be like, uh-huh. okay, talk about this. And, you know, so it wasn't really scripted line by line. It was just these actors, you know, g- genuinely starting to go crazy in the woods. And I love the way it was shot. And, they, and the actors filmed it themselves, you know, oh, with these cool. cameras. I just think it was such an interesting project, mm-hmm. and uh, I just thought it was really, really well done. I thought I thought the cinematography for actors filming it was mm-hmm. really, really, it was really good. good, and the actors were so good, and they were never, none of them were ever in anything else, really. I mean, I know the the woman, she was in a couple of like sci-fi made-for-TV films, and they were okay, but um, they really never did anything else, and I just think the first film was so different from what we were used to uh, that I think I always kind of go back to that one, too. That's a great movie. Yeah, that's but, a pretty good movie. Yeah, I love that. So that it was between those two, but in the end I had to pick the original Friday the 13th. Oh, uh, you, you had to. It was classic. Oh, great one. Great I think one. those are two good picks that we had. Oh, I agree. I agree. I love, I love Night of the Living Dead. I want to watch that now. 
That's on the Netflix, man. Now that now the old lady, she loves zombies now. Ever since The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead and everything, she, she would likes... like she would like that one. They don't really look like zombies, but you can tell there's something off about them. Yeah, so I, maybe I could talk her into watching that one. And it's black and white. I mean, you'd be like, it's okay, it's black and white. It doesn't matter if you're black or white. Yes, Michael, it doesn't. <laughs> All right. Well, Speaking so... of Michael Jackson, I like me some Vincent Price. <laughs> Hello, I'm, I'm Vincent, Vincent Price. Price. My grandson Jody. <laughs> That's or a great one. Like the Vincent Price egg magic, and she calls him. It's like, hello, this is Vincent Price, and she goes, "Oh my God, it's Vincent Price! <laughs> you thought I was dead, but you should have known the crypt couldn't hold me." <laughs> if you're calling about the missing feet, leave your name and address, and my grandson Jody will deliver them to you. <laughs> I love that. That's great. That's great. Ah, uh, well, Jose. So, did we get any uh, listener response to this one? We got quite a good response. All right. I'll go ahead and start with uh, good buddy Eric Purcell. Good old Eric says, I really loved Critters. It was pretty hilarious when they formed the giant ball and mow people down. Oh, I've never, I've never seen Critters. I've seen the the VHS like sleeve for it, but I've never watched it. You know, when I think of Critter, I think of, uh, every time I see that, I think of Raphael from the first film, and he's looking mm-hmm. at like a sequel, Critters 2 or something. He's like, oh, where do they come up with this stuff? Yeah, I remember <laughs> that. That was a good scene. <laughs> Let's see, our good friend Aaron Hickman, uh, buddy, uh, of course, he's got um, Retro Obscure Podcast, a buddy of mine on Genesis Gems, and he's a quite the video game composer. All-around good fella. All-around good old boy. He says, Army of Darkness. It's definitely more action-adventure than Evil Dead 1 and 2, but it's my favorite, and it definitely fits the Halloween theme, and I agree with that, my friend. I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. And he got several comments on that, such as, Shop Smart, Shop S Smart. <laughs> <laughs> and That's then awesome. Aaron also says, I think there needs to be a super show just for this movie. You know what? I, I would love to watch that again. Um, I would too. Because I remember watching them in consecutive order, so I kind of mm-hmm. went into the third one a little biased, I guess. Like yeah. I'm expecting one and two kind of flavor, and then I got the third one, and I was like, what is this? This is so different. What is this stuff? Yeah, so I'm gonna, I'll give it another try. And also, Austin Marcus, good buddy of ours from back in the day. Hey, and still good buddy. high school buddy. That's right. He, uh, as Casey Webster referred to him as number two, there's a joke behind that, and he'll he'll get it if he's listening. Uh, he said it was a classic. He liked Army of Darkness, too. So we've had a lot of people that liked Army of Darkness. Let's see. And then uh, John Jones, one of our uh, good friends from Retromanium, he says, my favorite horror movie is the original Halloween directed by John Carpenter. I watch it every Halloween night, and that is a great one, too. That is a good movie. That uh, one scares the bejesus out of me. That it. music is iconic. I love that music. Do you know which one scares me even more than the first one, though? The second the one? one? that take, The one that takes place in the hospital. Oh, that's the second one, I think, right? I think it is. Yeah. That uh. one, the hospital just creeps me out anyway. And me and my wife have talked about this. You know, we talk horror movies, which is, I guess, normal couples do that. I don't know. <laughs> um... She said that that skis are out because she said hospitals are just a scary place in general. Oh, yeah. You think of how many people die in, in there. Yeah. You know? Oof. Let's see. So um, our buddy Brian Voss says the first Halloween movie still creeps me out to this day. That mask is iconic. That movie is kind of what set the slasher genre in motion, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. It really did. I, I agree with that because right after that, Friday 13th came out. And then you got Nightmare on Elm Street right after that. And those were like the, I consider those the big three when it comes to slasher films. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's see, but what came first? Was it uh, Halloween or Texas Chainsaw? 
Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. They were around the same time because I, I think, think Halloween was late seventies, and I think Texas Chainsaw was late seventies. But then again, there was also Halloween was kind of more mainstream, though. I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think what made Texas Chainsaw so scary was just the low budget, but how realistic it looked for low budget. You know, that was. I remember me and you watched that together, and I'm like, man, this is way more creepy and scary than the remakes. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with that. Um, our next uh, comment comes from Kelly and Rob Worth, the owners of the Retro Gamer in Canton. So if you're ever in town or just want to stop by, uh, stop by and say hey to Kelly and Rob. Tell Hi, them guys. I you. miss you. Yeah, I've not <laughs> got to see them since I've been on the new job. So I miss you all. Hope I can come by and see you all maybe this week sometime. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelly and Rob Worth say, we are in full swing scary movie mode at our house. Halloween is my all-time favorite, and Alea is, uh, is the Nightmare on Elm Street series. But we just watched one called The Conjuring. Yikes. I've never watched The Conjuring. <laughs> I like never... Halloween and, and Nightmare, though. Yeah, I have never watched The Conjuring. Now, there's, are there two of those? There's like one original be. and then there was a remake. I, I, there I can't may remember. be. I don't know. I don't know much about that. Ah, nice. Well, see, uh, Anthony Pig says the original Night of the Living Dead. Hey, there you go, Landon. Hey. Has always been a favorite of mine and the Paranormal Activity movies except for the last one. That one was awful. I kind never, of agree with that. I've only seen the first Paranormal Activity, and I remember that one being pretty good. It wasn't it was bad. Pretty good. The first one and the second one are pretty good, and then the third one, it kind of starts crossing over into the what I call the Friday the 13th territory with the later one, the middle ah, ones. Pretty cheesy. Yeah. I got you. Hey, the uh, last one, I think you know this person. Lori Long, my lovely wife, said, This has been a hot topic of discussion in our household as of late. Wonder why. I can't pinpoint one favorite. There are far too many. I enjoy the classics the most. Uh, Psycho, House on Haunted Hill, Night of the Living Dead, Amityville Horror, The Birds. Oh. School suspense can't be beat. I prefer it over today's blood and gore any day. Also, you're recording right now and pretty much made a synopsis of my comment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I, I agree with all those. Although I, I, I have never seen Amityville Horror. I've heard You've that. Never as, seen Amityville Horror. I heard it is amazing, but I've never seen that one. You, I think it's a Netflix as well. Really? That's what we watched it at. Yeah, it's about a house that's haunted, and like, you can kind of tell that it starts. The house kind of starts possessing the the dad character. Ooh. And he kind of starts getting a little short and uppity with the the family, and then eventually they break the hold on him, and they all have to leave the house. Oh, man. Oh, that sounds good. That's based on a true story, isn't it? Or it's supposed to be? Yes, it is. It's supposed to be based on a true story. Do you know that I worked with the guy at Haywood that grew up uh, three houses down from the Amityville Horror House? Really? No way. He said he used to go there. They used to have. He said they used to have one heck of a Halloween party there, the people that took over after the Amityville Horror family. Ah. Uh, well, you and I got a, a story about uh, a certain house, but we'll, we'll discuss that maybe next week, eh? Yeah, that might be a good uh, creepy Halloween story. Ooh, spooky. Spooktacular. <laughs> Let's see. And then I posted a little picture of, you know, just this morning right before we recorded, just asking if there were any last-minute comments and everything. And I also posted a picture of all the cereal that I've been eating lately, Booberry, Count Chocula, and Frankenberry. So let's see if we got any comments there. Uh, oh, Connor Reed, or Connor Sorry, I should say. Uh, he says, oh, a great one is when me and my family went to see Insidious in the theater. And in a dead silent part of the movie, a little kid, a few rows down, yelled, Ew, you farted on me! And the majority, <laughs> <laughs> and the majority of the theater laughed for ten minutes during the horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Connor, we love you, man. You're awesome. That was, that was great. That was a great story. 
Oh, that's terrifying. <laughs> oh man, that's that's spooky. <laughs> oh, that's great. Let's see. Uh, you want to do, do the next one? I think this is more about the cereal, but that's okay. This is more about the cereal, but you know, we'll we'll, we'll roll cereal and movies in because I like to eat cereal. Um, I am a cereal junkie. We should do a cereal podcast. We should. It should just be called uh, Cereal Killers because we uh, <laughs> we like cereal. We yep. That's right. All right. So uh, Douglas DeLucky Jr. says, I bought a ton of that cereal this year. Also, I remember watching the first Nightmare on Elm Street and being confused when Beth from Better Off Dead was on there. <laughs> I was sad when Freddy killed her. <laughs> it's like, hey, I know her. Oh, she's dead. <laughs> hey, I know. Aww. I get. I got attached to certain characters in um, certain horror movies, and then when they died, yeah. I was, like, devastated. I remember the beginning of Friday the 13th, too. Remember Alice from the first one? She was the sole survivor. Well, yeah. in the second one, she's the first one that gets killed. And I'm like, what? You know, it's like you ex you expect her to be like an ongoing hero, uh, yeah. protagonist in the series, and she's killed by Jason in the very first ten minutes of the film. Oh, no, Brown Bear. She don't uh, make it. I remember being, like, as a kid, so devastated. I was like, no! It kind of shows that nobody's safe in those movies. Nobody's safe. Yep, keeps you on your toes. Right. And then the last one is from our good friend, William Culver, who is from a million different podcasts, ColecoVisions. Uh, he has his own YouTube uh, show dedicated to arcade games called Arcade USA. He has Channel F Files dedicated to the Fairchild system. Mm -hmm. um, I think he's got a new one, too, called um, – oh, he's on, on Intari Visions. Mm -hmm. And he's starting a new Vectrex podcast with his friend Jeremy. I cannot wait for that to come out. I've listened to the theme song. It sounds awesome. Um <laughs> And I'm a new Vectrex fan, so be on the lookout for go. that. It will be on the network as soon as it's published, as soon as it's posted. William Culver, he is a retro legend. <laughs> he's he's a retro renaissance man. He that's a good way to put him. Yeah, that's. I like that, Willie. You are now the retro renaissance man. That's right. He does a little bit of everything. He does. He says, "Love that blueberry cereal." Also, it took me years to finally be able to watch the original Alien movie. Wow! Ooh, that's a good one. I didn't think of that. You know, that's kind of the cross between sci-fi and horror, right there. That's a, that's a good one, right there. That's a spooky scenario to be thinking about, too. Oh yeah. He said, "My brother used to sneak up behind me and say in a very low, spooky voice, in space, no one can hear you scream, and then do the alien grab thing at my chest." <laughs> <laughs> he also used to put this big fake spider on the stairs to my room so that I could not get up there. Yeah, I had an inter interesting childhood. <laughs> so, hey, that's a good one, man. I, I forgot that's about it. I didn't think of that. I didn't think of that either. And, you know, I like, I've watched the third one and I've watched the second one. I've, I've watched bits and pieces of the first one. I don't know. But they're good movies. And the the whole atmosphere and the whole thought process of, if you were in that situation, really creeps me right the heck out. Yeah, yeah. Think about how isolated you are in space. Then yeah. you're with this thing that wants to kill you. Yeah, yeah. And it's a pretty scary looking thing. Arnold could take it though. That's true. He killed the predator, you know. <laughs> Him and Jesse Ventura. Yeah, well, he didn't have time to bleed. That's right. All right. Well, hey, I guess that wraps it up for our favorite horror movies, and I think we talked about some pretty good ones. I think we did too. We had a had a good podcast today. Sweet man. Well, I tell you, what are we going to discuss next Saturday? Eh? Next Saturday, continuing with the spooktacular, the uh, scary video games such as Resident Evil, Castlevania, and the like. Oh, really? I didn't even know we were talking about that. Man. You never I'm, even told me. I'm sorry. I I'm Corey Feldman. You, you never told me. I'm sorry, Corey Feldman. <laughs> it's got to put a little rasp in there. I figured it would give us a chance to talk about, you know, we would cover games for our fans, and we would talk about some scary games like 
How Resident Evil 2 made me stay up till 5 a.m. one night. And how Resident Evil 2 made me uh, convinced there was a giant spider underneath my bed and it gave me a nightmare. Or not spider, uh, it was a snake. Like Solid Snake? Definitely not as cool as Solid Snake. Just just mm. the kind that eats you. Oh, man. Yeah. Giant one. Comes from That's out of the fireplace. Cool. Scares you. That ain't cool. Ain't nobody yeah. got time for that. No. I'll tell you what, man. Oh, that's a great topic, though, because there's so many I can already think of just popping right in the top of my head. And there's a lot of good modern games that you could fit in that, too. Oh, speaking of which, I got uh, Until Dawn last week, so not played you know, it yet. You know, my sister told me to play that. Yeah, I've not played it yet, but I love games where every decision you make impacts who lives and who's going to die. The Walking Dead games were great for that, and they're some of my favorite new modern games. So, Oh, nice. Yep, I love that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, I'll uh, have to give you a report later on, eh? Yeah, let me know. My sister says it's great. Her and uh, my cousin, they're roommates at college, and they've got it for their PlayStation 4, and they love oh, it. Ah, nice, nice. Well, yeah, lots of good games to talk about uh, next week, Hoser. Heck yeah. Yeah, let's polish these wings off. They're probably pretty cold, and <laughs> I'm not look- I'm not looking the looks of uh, of Stan back there. He's kind of giving us the eye like we've been here too long. Yeah, yeah, it's about time we uh, get out of here. Oof, gosh, I hope I don't have another dream of him again. He's, he's kind yeah. of a jerk in my dream. <laughs> He's kind of a jerk anyway. That's true. That's true. You guys going to hurry up? I've got customers waiting for that table. Oh, jeez. We better get out of here. Hop down, Stan. <laughs> You're going to get your tip. Yeah, jeez. I'll tell you. I'll give him a tip. I'll give him a piece of gum, eh? Like I'll Home give, Alone I'll, 2 style. I'll give him a tip. Tip of a dart right in the back of his head. Uh, all right, listeners. Well, uh, if you want to check us out on Facebook, uh, our group page is facebook.com slash group slash the Retro Junkie Super Show. Uh, we're on iTunes. We're on uh, blueberry.com. Uh, we have our Twitter handle. It's RJ underscore Super Show. And then the, the public page is Retro underscore Junkies. So check us out on there if you'd like to interact with us. I think yeah. the, the biggest one is our uh, group page. But yeah. if you don't have... Facebook or anything like that, you can always send us an email at the Retro Junkie Super Show at gmail.com. And we absolutely loved hearing from our listeners last week. Right. Uh, and we totally welcome anybody to send us an email. And we're eventually going to work on a phone line. I think Sub Zero, one of our listeners, uh, mentioned that. I think it's a great idea, and we I are working on that. So. And like we said last week, um, we get up to 10 emails. We're going to take a big winner for that NES card. That's right. And I think we got another one today from Atari Man, Nick DeMarco. We love Atari, man. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've uh, not actually gotten to read the email yet, but uh, uh, but hey, we appreciate the email, Hoser, and we will definitely uh, share it on next week's show. That's right. So, all right, Hoser. Well, I guess that's it. Yeah, let's go watch some scary movies now. All right, let's watch them, but you better not scream and cry this time. Well, you better not fart on me this time. That's <laughs> even more scarier than a movie. That's true. All right, listeners. Well, uh, we hope you all have a good day and good gaming. Take it easy, guys. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh oh. Knock it out there, big guy. Yeah, and you did the pretty voice. I don't get this. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they're they're wusses. Yeah, they're not battle hardened. Nope, they're not first order stormtroopers. No, they're first order hosers. Fleshy headed mutants. Uh radiation has made me an enemy of civilization. <laughs> my, by the way, my wife hates Bob and Doug. I was playing some videos and she got mad, mad. You don't make the baby mad now, dude. I said, I had, to, I had to get her reasoning. I was like, why do you hate Bob and Doug? She's like, I hate their voices. I hate the way they talk. They seem so pointless. <laughs> People listen to us, and we're pretty pointless. Yeah, I said, geez, our whole like theme of our show, every show we do, we call each other hosers and take off. And You're Freddy. <laughs> Hello, boy. Oh, Lord. That was- <laughs>
All right, now I'm in the dream world. <laughs> Thank you. That's like the, the Nightmare on Elm Street for NES. Oh, man. Well, Stan, would you kindly uh, order me some... Or, I'm sorry, let me start this over. Okay. Ah, oh, man, let's see. What kind of wings am I going to have today? Hmm. Hey, Jose, what kind of wings should I get today? I think you should get the hot wings. <laughs> oh, that's right. I'm oh, sorry. Let me start that over. Oh, okay. Because I forgot you're not going to be in the dream. Okay. You're just going to be uh, Stan. Oh, that's right. Stan. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Well, while I'm waiting for Landon to get here, he's usually here by now. Oh, what kind of wings am I going to get? Could you go should get the hot wings. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was great. Like, geez, Stan, quit on interrupting me. <laughs> you see Man, Stan's trying to steal the thunder. <laughs> hey, Stan, would you kindly get me a bowl of orange glazed wings? Get them yourself! <laughs> <laughs> so no orange glazed wings, you mean? So I could get ranch? No, we don't have any! You gotta be kidding me. Jeez, what do you not understand about none? <laughs> because my friend's going to be here, and he's got quite the appetite. You ever see him eat wings? He eats them, like, top side up. Oh, you're lying. <laughs> this is great. You, you don't know. You just go back there, and you, you find some wings, eh? Because... Yeah, yeah, you'll get whatever I find. Stan, Stan's a jerk. Man, Stan's a crusty butthead. <laughs> no. It can't be. Oh, but it is. And raspier than ever. And by God, I've been karate chopped in the throat. <laughs> Those lessons down at the judo palace are really paying off, though. Get them yourself. You know what the problem is with you kids today? <laughs> Those darn video games with your pretendos and your nintaris and... Oh, that's great. That's great. Your, your Sega Genasis. Oh, that's great. Welcome to an episode of Genasis Gyms. <laughs> Uh, let me stop recording this. Thing.